1: Here we go, 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 this is
2: it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And welcome along to episode 10 of the Keegan Odyssey, where we look back at Kevin Keegan's autobiography from 2018. Uh, Kevin Keegan, my life... As an electric mouse. and geek <laughs> We're up to episode 10, and Kevin's in Germany, so that means we're in the late 1970s. So, you know, it's Great. take us 10 episodes to get to the late
1: 1970s. Keegan, would you describe the late 1970s as Keegan's sweet spot?
2: Uh, no, it's, it's the beginning of his sweet spot. I think once we get through to um, Newcastle, all of that. He's got a 20-year sweet spot, really. Well, you yeah, think but about now it. he
1: goes, and then he comes back. Yeah. because he was on all the cereal boxes and that, late 70s, maybe just into the 80s, disappears, and then he comes back in the 90s because yeah. he just fucked off. So anyway, we'll get to all of this.
2: Yeah, eventually. Right, the, mm. latest, the latest bit that we're up to, he's in Germany, uh, he's signed for Hamburg, but the rest of the Hamburg team don't like him because they think he's a bit flash, and he's earning loads more money than they are, and the court just told them all that he's earning more money and that he's better and that he's going to be their hero. Uh, and the, he is, one, Herr Keegan, it's wunderbar. Exactly. And the, the Hamburg is ran by a man called Dr. Krohn. And Dr. Krohn, it says in the book here, has been telling anyone who would care to listen, everything would be fine now Hamburg had a new superhero. He says, with God and Kevin Keegan, we will win.
1: Great, great double act. Arguably better than Kevin Keegan and John Toshak. Uh, well, that debate will perhaps never be resolved.
2: Probably more of a telepathic understanding than Toshak yep. and Keegan, but only slightly.
1: I never thought I'd, I'd team up with a striker who I had a better understanding with than Big John Toshak, but I was wrong. Because at Hamburg, they made the greatest signing of all. God.
2: <laughs> God Almighty. <laughs> and
1: you know what? He came free. <laughs> with this <laughs> God on a free transfer, available to all.
2: When I first saw him on the training ground with his flowing locks and that long beard, I thought, oh, he's going to be a handful, this fella. He's not going to be up to the standard of the Bundesliga, but I was wrong because he's the almighty.
1: Years later, I signed Brian Killer Kill Klein for Newcastle United, and I was always getting him muddled up. They looked exactly the same.
2: But in fact, what happened was this first Bundesliga match, they lost 5 2. Uh, and it says that Guttendorf, who uh, was, of course, the the manager, the coach of the team, I think it was Ralph Guttendorf, uh, which, of course, it was Rudy was Rudi Guttendorf, which of course translates as Rudy Good Day. He was facing the beginnings of a player mutiny. And it was even suggested the players had conspired to sabotage the result, that they were so sick of Guttendorf and of Keegan that they would basically throw in the matches.
1: So it was more of a Rudy Scheisendorf.
2: Exactly. It was.
1: Little joke there.
2: Yeah, very good. And in fact, a delegation of players, four or five, had already been to see Guttendorf to try and force Kev out of the club. And he'd only just got there. The captain, Peter Nogley, uh, was among them. And Guttendorf later said that he was told, if you put this little English guy in, we don't want to work with you. We don't need him and we don't like him. Oh. So, um, a bit prissy. A little bit prissy from the Hamburg squad there. Who, of course. Pathetic. I describe
1: that as pathetic.
2: Yeah. Um, And eventually, Guttendorf was shown the door and Dr. Krohn also left. And it says there were rumours Hamburg would offload Kevin as well if they could get their money back. He says, I always try to take things in my stride, but I did confide in my wife, Jean, that I felt unusually vulnerable. Oh, Which you I... don't expect from Kevin, do you? Oh, oh Jean. Heck, Jean. Oh, heck, Jean. Kevin, what's the
1: matter? You don't him yourself. Oh, heck in hell, Jean. I've got something to tell you. I'm feeling unusually vulnerable. <laughs> oh, that's not like you, Kev.
2: <laughs> You're usually full of vim and vigour. What's up, Kev? <laughs> Oh, if the, the lads at work, uh, they're all turning against me. They're all speaking being German behind me back and saying things about me, <laughs> pointing and whispering behind their hands. They don't want me there. They don't want me here. I don't understand what's going on, Jean. I'm feeling unusually vulnerable. <laughs> and he says, uh, but he talks about getting acclimatised into life in Germany. He says, shopping was hilarious. And we often came home with the wrong items because we were too embarrassed to explain we wanted something else. Now, nah, fucking hell! I mean, it's only Germany, you know. He's not in Japan. Christ's sake! He says,
1: "Oh bloody hell!" I asked for a solder stream. I came home with a foot spa. Oh well, I will make me fizzy drinks in this.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, he says. We went to a hardware shop to buy a fuse, but didn't know the correct word. Fuse? Das fuse? Defuse? <laughs> das fuse isn't bitter. So we just kept trying to show what it looked like through gestures. How do you do a gesture for a fuse? That's a challenge. Little tiny finger and thumb together. Could be anything. Yeah, fucking could be a fucking
1: in that. Mm. Could
2: be a tack, could be a drone pin, could, could be anything. Could be anything.
1: There's loads of products that are that size. Loads I of mean, tiny products in the hardware is, store. It's a, a, a big challenge. If you were on, um, what was the miming show? Give us a clue, what's my line? Give
2: us a clue, yeah. Give us a It'll clue. it
1: fucking difficult.
2: sorry i just look up Fuse in German. Electric
1: Punten in Schausen. I bet it's got like eight syllables.
2: Fuse, German translation. Ah, uh, Sicherung. Sicherung. So, uh. understandable. They would never have got that. Kev's standing there going, Fuse, Fuse, that's Fuse. You know, like you make electric with. Electric Kevin. <laughs> he says, uh I just kept trying to show what it looked like through gestures and repeating Sir Klein to emphasise it was very small. The shopkeeper brought out a plug at first. Nine, nine, we said, indicating that what we wanted was much smaller. The next time he came out was with a set of Christmas lights.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Typical Germans, they're fucking obsessed with Christmas over there. Yeah, do you think that, if you think at the time, Kevin Keegan was Europe's biggest footballing superstar. It was and an industry. Just gone- yeah. For for a record sum of money.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you think, like, if we were to compare him to, in today's money, you'd say, like, let's say Paul Pogba. Do you think yeah. Paul Pogba ever has to go and buy fuses?
2: Does he shite?
1: Do you know what I mean? He, he just would never run into that problem.
2: No, or like Ronaldo,
1: when he moved from Madrid to Juventus. Do you think he fucking, oh, well... It was a big culture shock for me mm. because when I arrived in Turin, I didn't know the language that well. And I remember that I noticed that the fuses were gone <laughs> in some of my plugs. <laughs> he doesn't know what a plug is. He doesn't let alone a fucking fuse. So these were different times, Andy, where yeah. the world's biggest footballing superstar still had to go out and do the humble day-to-day chores like fuse buying.
2: Very much so. I mean... Yeah, you see, Ronaldo won't know what a plug is. If something's not working in his house, he'll ring someone. He'll have an assistant who is multilingual, and he'll just mm. see when it's not working. they will come out and fucking plug it in for him. And if he does re- need a fuse, they'll go and get one. I
1: reckon if, if the fuses go, right, in his house, mm. rather than simply locate the fuse box and do the switch, yeah. like you're supposed to, I reckon he'd just move out into a hotel. Yeah. And then just make a couple of calls and make arrangements to just buy a new house, just, and it just stay in the hotel suite until the new house was t- ready.
2: To have the original house demolished, and then have, a, have new it one, a new one demolished.
1: It's broken. You want It's broken, and it might contaminate other houses, which would I wouldn't want to happen. So it's <laughs> best we have it destroyed. Yeah. Do you want us to move all of your furniture and particulars <laughs> out of there and into the new house? No, 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 <laughs> no. no, no. I'll get new stuff. D- d- destroy all of it it's
2: probably easier to just get new stuff can you do that for yeah, me
1: get get the humans out what about your pets no they can go too i'll get new pets <laughs> they're contaminated i'll get a new dog yeah
2: <laughs> they're contaminated by the fuseless atmosphere so it's probably for the best that they're all destroyed humanely <laughs> if possible I think
1: house is haunted why well some of the lights just stopped working i can only imagine that that's due to <laughs> ghosts are you sure it wasn't just a fuse problem Hey, I know what I saw. Have it destroyed.
2: <laughs> he says, um, Kev says, strangely, one of the things I missed was the good old-fashioned English pub, which didn't make a great deal of sense, bearing in mind I rarely went into one when I was in my own country. Um, he talks a lot about pubs and boozing, doesn't he? And how, how against it he is. For always. a man who
1: barely drinks. Yeah, yeah.
2: I wonder if I'm not different times though, because his his dad used to drink quite a bit. I wonder if that's if there's lingering kind of yeah. Memories in the from
1: 70s, that. a pub was like a church. E- I suppose
2: everything a pub was everything. Really, it was
1: everything to everyone. The whole community yeah. surrounded it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh god, I miss pubs. Um, he says it was a 20 mile round trip for the British newspapers, which were five times the normal price, and usually the Welsh editions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <I> don't know. <laughs> fucking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on in Germany that the only newspapers that get import. I mean, you used to go on holiday and the first thing you would do would be to try and track down the local source of newspapers, wouldn't it? Like in, yeah. in Tenerife or somewhere, you'd find somewhere that sold the British papers a day late and Three twice the day price. old
1: Daily Mirror. Don't yeah. mind if I fucking do. Yeah, I'll
2: have some of that. Yeah, good God, I'm m- missing Britain so much.
1: Straight to the sports pages. Have West Ham signed anyone? No, there's no West Ham news at all. Well, that was a waste of fucking three pesetas then, wasn't it?
2: (laughs) But for some reason in Germany in the late 70s, the the newspapers that were getting sent across were the Welsh editions. Um, German life just got crazier and crazier. He says that when heavy snow fell in winter, we learned that anyone taking their car on the roads was liable to a £500 fine and a disqualification. I think someone's been lying to him there. I think someone, mm. one of the fucking Hamburg players has been telling him that.
1: No, you see... Hey, you, little man, come <laughs> here. I have some important local information to tell you. Sit on my knee. <laughs> oh, all right then. Oh, maybe I am making inroads with these lads. <laughs> there are various laws that you must be aware of in, the, in your new home.
2: <laughs> when it is snowing, you are not allowed to go out in the car or you will not be allowed to drive the car for one year. Do you have years in the UK? Yeah. You know what a year is. Yes. Also, when your fuses, (laughs) when your lights go off, it means the fuses are not working. You must go out and buy a new fuse. The German word for fuse is fuse. Good luck. (laughs) Oh, thanks for the heads (laughs) up. Also, the British newspapers are 20 miles away. There are none any closer. Do not even attempt to locate any. 20 miles. (laughs)
1: They will all come in Welsh. That is your only option. <laughs> Do you speak Welsh? No. Perhaps you will have to ask your friend Herr Toshak to translate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the only UK papers are available twenty miles away at the Welsh Embassy. No other papers are uh, allowed anywhere else. So it was a uh, it was a tough start for him at Hamburg, and one of his earliest matches was the European Super Cup the two-legged final, which was the winners of the European Cup, and the Cup Winners Cup now of course, Hamburg had just won the Cup Winners Cup, and the winners of the European Cup were none other than Liverpool, because Kev played in the final, so uh, reunited again there with his former teammates, the first leg in Hamburg was a 1-1 draw, and the second leg at Anfield (sighs) 6-0 to Liverpool humiliation for the electric Kevin there And he says, the crowd gave me a wonderful reception at the start, but they were soon chanting that I should have stayed where I was, he says. I mean, they had Dalgleish by then, so they were probably quite happy with what they got. Uh, McDermott got a hat-trick. Dalgleish put the sixth goal in. He says, we were outclassed. And it was another occasion when I suspected I was purposely being denied the ball. So again, his Hamburg teammates are um, freezing him out, if you Mm. like. Then he kind of, something happened which got them back on his side and kind of turned things around, but in a bad way because he he got sent off for punching uh, an opposition defender in a game against Lubeck. Uh, And he says, I regretted it very quickly, of course. I knew there'd be repercussions, but my fists that afternoon were powered by frustrations, by my difficulties adapting to a strange country. He kind of turned into the Incredible Hulk, really. (laughs) Um, <laughs> Difficult is to a strange country. The the refusal of an anti-Keegan clique within my own dressing room to accept me and the inescapable sense that my first season in Hamburg was turning into a personal ordeal. He's got it's interesting
1: because, I mean, I don't use this word lightly, but it was almost like racism. And yeah. you just, nowadays, in these days where foreign players, are, I mean, you know, you, you, you're more than likely in any dressing room in the world to be in the minority if you are indigenous Mm. do you know what I mean yeah and now uh, but back then it was such a big deal to have a foreigner an Englishman playing in Germany I mean he may well have been the first as far as I know it was fucking That's the people are just racist
2: that's all all it was they didn't like him
1: because he was English
2: yeah basically he's having an existential crisis he's a a, a man Mm. abroad and Mm. you know we weren't as closely linked to Europe then as we are now well, four an hour anywhere.
1: It was very, being abroad back then was extremely, it was alien. Now you go abroad and you might as well just be at home. It's just sunnier, isn't it? And the yeah. food's a bit better. But but back then, because you're online anyway, and you just feel like you haven't travelled far. But then going to Germany, I mean, everything was so fucking different. It was terrifying. You
2: might as well have gone or, to
1: the moon. I used to get fucking really homesick the moment I left the country, mate. I'd get into a right panic.
2: So why did you do it?
1: and I just had to keep doing it because although I got homesick, I knew that I had to confront it. So I just kept going, kept going, kept going until in the end they invented the internet and I just felt more relaxed. And
2: everything was all right.
1: (laughs) I knew eventually that they'd invent a way of all computers speaking to each other and that way I could stay in touch really easily with all the important things like West Ham Transfer News and my mum. (laughs) And uh, I knew that day would come so I thought, I'll just keep going abroad until that has been invented and then yeah. I'll be good as gold. And that's how it turned out, so I was right.
2: Because kind of back in the late late 80s, early 90s, the Daily Mirror at that time weren't running a column that was written specifically for you by your mum. So when you did go out and get those 3D old papers, there was still something lacking, even though you were getting the West Ham transfer. My mum's gossip.
1: letters would take even longer to come than the Daily Mirror. So you'd go, on, was you'd
2: go on holiday and it was her job to send postcards to you. I would ask
1: my mum to start writing me letters mm. to the hotel address three days before I actually left.
2: Yeah, tell the, tell I, she was you have a reunion. Mum,
1: if you start writing me letters now, mm. then by the time I arrive, there might be some waiting for me. it's yeah. she's like, "Well, what am I supposed to be writing about? Like, you know everything that's going on. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> just write, just write some nice reassuring stuff.
2: You're my mum. You're supposed to know this stuff."
1: Just write reassuring stuff about how it'll all be fine and I'll be home soon. And other things about remembering not to put the toilet paper down the box. It'll block it up. And also don't drink any of the water.
2: Yeah. Jalapeño.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: Jalapeno. So, Kevin had been sent off against Lubeck. I uh, got an eight match ban. And as he was sent off, uh, there would only been 10 minutes of the match played. He says, I didn't bother waiting for the game to finish. I ordered a taxi, shot off back home, and then the final indignity. I had to sit outside my house in the biting cold because Jean had gone out, not expecting me back till much later, and I didn't have any keys or any way of contacting her. So, he was like oh, a little boy who'd been locked out of his house because his mum had gone shopping. He's gone stray. He had. Stray Kev. Yeah, exactly. Stray Kevin. But he did the right thing. He uh, he stuck next to the house. He sat on the doorstep. He says, um, this was probably the lowest I'd felt in all my time in Germany. It was biting cold. I couldn't be sure how long I was there, but I can remember darkness falling and shivering in the winter temperatures. Yeah, he has. Yeah. He's gone full stray here. Uh, yeah. He says, I was frozen. To the under bu- a bush? No mention of a bush. I was frozen to the bone. I wonder if he still had his kit on. Maybe he did because he said he didn't have any keys. So he maybe left his keys in his, in his suit back at the changing room. Yeah. So he's probably sat yeah. there with his kit on and his boots. Uh, I can Oh, I, heck. No, oh, it's freezing cold here. I want to go back to <laughs> Liverpool. I want to go back to the bosom of Bob Paisley. I wish I was
1: back in Donny,
2: <laughs> playing with the corpses. It's never been this cold since that time I was in the mortuary. <laughs> I was frozen to the bone knowing I was going to be suspended and that I had no defence for what I had done I felt sad, confused, helpless and I couldn't remember hitting anyone that hard in my life for a split second it crossed my mind that I might have killed the guy fuck off Kev, <laughs> fuck's sake there are some levels of over dramatisation in this book definitely and that's that's one of them as part of his, um, his suspension he got an eight match ban and as part of the suspension, it says that the etiquette in Germany, that's a good word. We don't have much of that in Britain. Part of the etiquette meant I had to drive back to Lübeck to apologise, not just to the club, but to the town as a whole.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Isn't
2: it? That should be that's so civilized. British football immediately. You get a red card, yeah. you've got to go back to the town and you've got to apologise. You've got to stand in the town square next to the yeah. mayor and the town crier and everyone can come and gather and you have to formally apologise to the entire town for fucking hitting their player. Fucking great. He says, uh, that meant shaking hands with Price, who was the player he'd punched, and trying to force a smile as we exchanged bunches of flowers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: Bunches of flowers. This is uh, They couldn't have made in. this work in England, could they? Oh, I mean, is... Can you imagine Roy Keane having to do that? Yes. In, like, <laughs> after it... he Who was Alvinga Harlem playing for when he did him? Was it Leeds? It
2: was Leeds, wasn't it? I think, yeah.
1: So, it, it, Roy Keane would have had to have been obliged to have gone back to the city of Leeds yep. with a bunch of flowers and exchanged those flowers with yep. Arving and, and apologised to Leeds as a place.
2: Yeah, probably on the he steps of the it. town hall, something like that, as a crowd gathered mm. and Roy exchanged flowers with Harland and they shook hands. I won't do it.
1: I'd rather retire from the game. <laughs> because to me, the game is not a game anymore anyway. It's, it's become a joke. <laughs> I'd be better off with my darks. they never make me apologise for anything I do.
2: <laughs> this is—it uh, was awkward to say the least. When I got back that night, Bill Shankly was on the phone. Um, Shank's would often ring me in Hamburg to talk about the games and see how I was getting on. I feared an ear bashing. "Aye, it's me," he barked. <laughs> "I want to know: Did you punch him properly, son? <laughs> did, did he stay down and take a count of ten? Was it a left or a right?" <laughs> <laughs> Did you not? <laughs> Are you still got that sword?
1: <laughs> you should have used that. You know, know, once you, as long as you've got my enchanted amulet with you,
2: <laughs> no one can stop you. You cannot be destroyed. Of course, he hadn't got the sword then, because Shanks gave him the sword after his death. You know, Kev, I'm not allowed to give you the sword till I die. But in the meantime, you should get it on the field and put a dagger in your sock. You know, just pull it out, stick it in someone. <laughs> just in the fleshy part of the thigh. You don't need to kill a man. Just give him a warning.
1: I'm going to send you a drawing out there in Germany. It's a picture of the human body <laughs> and all of the points you can stab without hitting a major artery. It should be it's with you in three days. It's a great piece of days. knowledge to carry with you. <laughs> It'll be with you in three days' time. What I've done, I'm just waiting for my photos to be developed. I, I let. I made Big Bob Paisley. Let me take a picture of him naked. once it's been processed up at the boots I'll be drawing onto it arrows pointing at Big Bog's body (laughs) showing you where you can and can't stab him
2: (laughs) Uh, while he was banned he says Hamburg's results in that period quickly deteriorated including a 3-0 home defeat to Fortuna Dusseldorf uh, followed by a 6-1 thrashing at Cologne and as the team started to slide down the table the players began to re-evaluate the little Englander Ah, you see? Fucking Kevin's... You don't
1: know what you've got till it's gone.
2: Exactly. Slowly but surely, attitudes began to change as my teammates realised I was an asset and not a threat. Yet again, needless to say, I had the last laugh. Suddenly they were telling me how much they were looking forward to me being back. Players who had barely said two words to me were now inviting me out and trying to do me favours. One player even told me he could get me cheap meat for my dogs. Hey, Keegan...
1: I've heard you live in a hotel room with two large dogs. Yeah, that's right. What are you feeding the dogs? Meat, mostly. Good. I was hoping you would say that. I have a wonderful opportunity for you to purchase some, how you say, discount meat for the, for your hounds. Is this an opportunity you may be ex- excited by? Oh, that yeah, sounds fantastic. i
2: ask all I ask of you is that you ask no questions do you understand do not ask about the source of the meat but I assure (laughs) you it is good meat where the meat was derived from is not of your concern Herr Keegan you do not get a bargain such as this while asking questions also do you understand (laughs) fine a bargain's a bargain I've always been
1: told never look a gift horse in the mouth no one said anything about horses (laughs) Why did you say horse? This is not horse meat, Herr Keegan. I I know that's not what I meant. You've already said too much. Be quiet, or the meat will not come.
2: <laughs> Again, 2018. You can't really envisage um, a, a, the world's best player being offered cheap meat by one of his. So, teams. like
1: Neymar <laughs> arrives yeah. at Paris Saint Germain, yeah. right? and Cavani comes up to him and says, mm. welcome to the club, mate. He goes, oh, cheers. Yeah, I think you'll like it. By the way, got any pets? <laughs> yeah, I do, as it goes. I've got a couple of dogs. Right. Listen, don't tell any of other lads this, right? I'm only telling you because you're new and I like you, but I can probably get older of some discount meat for you. What, for me personally? Oh, no, no, you don't eat. It's not, it's not for human consumption, <laughs> but you can feed it to your dogs, no problem. Are you in? Uh yeah all right yeah cheers. I'm <laughs> fine I guess. <laughs> Wouldn't happen.
2: But well, you talking about you talked about Paris though so horse probably traded quite openly under the counter and among oh, yeah, among top that. athletes. You
1: can get that in the French Tesco's.
2: Yeah. So it's probably not it probably does happen. But just monkey
1: in, shin <laughs> the lot.
2: Just in France.
1: Monkey shin salami.
2: Oh, can't got me going that as. Um so the cheap mate helped the helped the barriers to come down among his teammates. Uh, he says there were still a couple who were a bit awkward. They probably didn't have any advice or any cheap mate for him. But they left at the end of the first season and for the most part, the barriers were down, he says. It felt like a new start. Peter Heideen, the fullback, even had a perm. Oh. No. He's maybe gone to Liverpool and asked for a Keegan from that, from that hairdresser. Um, season two in Hamburg and... A new coach came in, Branko Zebek, who Kev describes mm. as a Yugoslav taskmaster. Um, and he's very much from the Bielsa mold, when Kev describes him. He says, We'd heard about Zebek's reputation for working place at the bone, but for the first two or three tra- days, the training was very light. It was then he got us. I will never forget him placing a ball on the centre spot, then sitting on it, watching us through his dark glasses. Again, it's that Bielsa thing of sitting on something slightly unusual.
1: It's yeah. not a conventional seat.
2: Yeah, power play. Power play. Um, Kev says, a lot of people thought he wore those shades to Exude hauteur. Fucking hell. Ghostwriter. Right calm down. Put put this, Exude hauteur. <laughs> I, I heard Alec Guinness say to the spy film, I
1: don't understand what it means, writer Kev. Shut up, real Kev. Just write it down. Oh no, I've got it the wrong way
2: around. (laughs) A lot of people thought he wore those shades to exude hauteur, whereas the truth was he was a big drinker. And and if he was done him there, hasn't he? If he was shielding his eyes, it was invariably because he'd been out the night before. Zebek sat on that ball for an hour and a half while we ran and ran and ran again. Bielsa sitting on something unusual, making his players run themselves into the ground. Um, <laughs> these were almost all sprints running down one side of the pitch, across the goalmouth, and back again, over and over. Brilliant stuff. That and you wouldn't get that, that these days, I don't think. Possibly apart from Bielsa, just getting the. Is run this the manager who run.
1: ends up winning the, Euro- the like winning the European Cup?
2: Yeah. Oh, no, Just no, by no, they sitting don't, on a no, ball and
1: getting them to sprint up and down.
2: No, no, sorry, they don't win it. They get to the final. Oh, yeah. Against Nottingham Forest. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, after a while, the punishing sessions became second nature. In my second season, we were overwhelming opponents with our superior fitness. I also remember coming back to play for England in one game and the other players in the Wembley dressing room staring at my bulging physique in awe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what we're we talking about late seventies. Yeah. So yeah, what Trevor Brookins there? Steve Coppel. Well, I can't help but notice your bulging physique, Kev. What are they feeding you out there?
2: <laughs> Horse meat.
1: <laughs>
2: Cheap meat mainly. <laughs> yeah, I got it for oh, the dogs. Wow. But then one night I tried some and it was delicious. So I've been on it all the time now.
1: <laughs> well, it's obviously working for you, old son.
2: <laughs> he says, I was absolutely ripped fitter and more muscly than I'd ever been and played some of the best football of my life at a time when there were some people in the game, not least Bob Paisley who wanted me removed from the England team now that I was fraternising with the enemy <laughs> he's,
1: he's, he's hanging around with Germans, no, he's a Geordie wasn't Bob Paisley, he Bob Paisley? Bob Paisley
2: was like this huh? he's,
1: he's, been, a, he's hanging around with Germans and he's, and he's canny muscly like which I don't which I find distrustful
2: He's been over there in Germany, goodness knows what kind of meat he's been eating, and he's coming back here to play with England. He's probably been converted into some kind of spy, I think. They should ban him. Ban him from the England team. He can go and play for fucking Germany if that's what he wants to do.
1: (laughs) Fucking Paisley, what a cunt.
2: And he says to give Bob the benefit of the doubt. He came from a generation where it was just a fact of life that many people would have disliked in England at National, defecting to Germany. Defecting. Uh, If my dad had been alive still, I doubt I would have even contemplated playing in the Bundesliga. So, um, yeah, that's fair enough. But, uh, yeah, Bob Paisley had him pegged as some kind of spy and wanted him kicked out of the England team. So tough times for Kev.
1: Yeah, very tough.
2: We'll leave it there for this episode. Next time... Uh, we'll find out what happened when Peter Taylor, the Nottingham Forest assistant manager, approached Kev in the toilets at London Weekend Television. Yep. And we'll also find out a bit more about Kev's uh, penchant for disguises.
1: Yeah, this is it was in Germany where the disguise obsession really caught fire. Yeah. And uh, there's a lo- definitely tune in next time to hear more about that because there's some quite extravagant disguise stories on their way.
2: There's a very good one in Disneyland in Florida as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and tune in for the next one in a week's time. Bye bye. Keep it cante.